hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. How are we? We good, church? Well, it's great to, uh, I mean, I, I really do. I just love church. Um, why? Because I get to worship. Uh, worship is, uh, is, is what it's about for us as a as whatever, whatever we can do to worship and point to Jesus is what it's about for us as a church. And so if, if, if you're new here, we want to say we do everything that we can to point people uh, to Jesus because Jesus is the one that's going to help you. And the Holy Spirit's the one that is going to help you. And so uh, I love church. I love the main event, which is uh, the worship. Who knew that? The main event is the worship. The main event is not the preaching. The main event is when we give our glory and we, we, when we give glory to Jesus and when we focus our attention on Him. The preaching, hopefully the preaching's good. Hopefully. And I'm not looking for any, uh, uh, you know, amens or whatever. But, but the main event truly is what I'm saying this morning is to worship God is to honor Him, and, and now we get to choose to worship God continually as we hear the Word of God, because we now get to choose our worship whether we want to agree or disagree with the Word of God, and good luck to you if you want to disagree, um, and you know, you can, you can go and listen, and you can research, and you can do whatever you want to do to, uh, I pray, that let the Word of God come alive in your spirit. But our true worship is to open our hearts to say, Lord, come and help us be the people that God has called us to be. Amen. Amen. Who's, who's got a, who, who needs Jesus to do a whole lot of work in their life? I need my hand up. If I could put both hands up at the same time without showing you my belly button, I would. Because <laughs> otherwise you'd all need Jesus even more. But uh, we need Jesus. Amen. And I pray that you just open up your heart this morning and let the Word of God come and preach. Um, um, I said earlier uh, we're going to minister out of First Kings chapter 18. I love chapter 18 of First Kings because there's, there's lots going on in it. There's lots going on in it. But before, put your, find, find your Bibles, uh, get them out of your bag or scroll to and put a bookmark in there. And, but then I want you to turn back to James chapter 5. And, uh, and then, then you can go all the way back to 1 Kings 18 after that. James chapter 5 is a, uh, well, the whole Bible is awesome, but James chapter 5 verses 16 through to 18. And of, uh, I like reading this passage because it always challenges me. And so hopefully, oh, there we go. I'll, I'll move out of the way and... And I will read it. It says this, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Who wants to be healed? So here's, here's, here's a real simple, simple uh, instruction for us. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Here's, I don't know about you, but when I'm thinking about the start of the year, I'm like, I reflect on last year. Who, maybe you reflect on last year. And, and I'm thinking, Lord, there's some stuff that I just, the results weren't quite what I was expecting. And, and 
and I'm reading my Bible and it says that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I want to see wonderful results. Uh, not wonderful results. I want to be full of wonder. A wonder in this year coming up. A, the wonder of God is going to be full. Amen. And so I want to see wonderful results. I want to, when the Bible says, like, lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. There's, I, I want to see that even more. I've seen it happen a bit, but I want to see it happen even more. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Keep going. Elijah was a human. Just want that to sink in for a second. Elijah was a human. Um, ask yourself, am I a human? And then answer yourself. And then go and see a psychiatrist because you're talking to yourself. It says, Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Amen. That's a miracle. That's amazing. That's a wonderful result. He was a human. He was like you and like me. He, he had hair. He had clothes. He had his issues. He had to eat. He had to all that. He was just like you and me, but when he prayed, it produced wonderful results. As there was a time when rain, he declared no rain, and then there's a time when he prayed for rain. For three and a half years, that's amazing. Uh, aren't we people who believe in the power of God? And, and the earnest prayer of a righteous person, see, the first thing that you've got to get over this morning is you are righteous. The problem is we think, oh, I just went and sinned this week. You're going to keep sinning for the rest of your life. Let me just give you a newsflash. Let me just help you out there. Because uh, we live in a fallen world and the devil is out there to try and steal, kill and destroy. What the problem is, is that when we don't confess our sin, the earnest confess your sins one to another. And so what happens in life is that we bottle stuff up and we bottle stuff up and we think, we, oh, just go to God, 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 excuse me. And, and, uh, but the problem was it said confess your sins one to another. A lot of us will do this year just going to God, trying to deal with the same stuff. But we never confess it to one another. Confessing it to one another is when you will see the healing. That's, that's, that's just something right there. We don't need to, you don't need to confess it to every single person and you don't need to air your dirty laundry, but confess it and pray for one another. It's about being with one another and believing for one another. But I wanna, I wanna talk about Elijah this morning. This is, if he can do that, I wanna know who he is. I wanna know some of the characteristics of who he is. I wanna know what, what, what does he do? You know, he, he, he just walks around and, and often it says, you know, a prophet, the Lord came to a prophet and I'm like, what was he doing? Was he just hanging out down at local Starbucks? I don't know. But he just, he, he was who he was. And I want to I wanna see some of his lifestyle. I want to see what he did to make him get into a place where he could honor God. So in First Kings chapter 18, um, verses 41 to 46. Let's just read that out and then we'll, we'll come back to it. 
Thank you, team. Hopefully you guys have got it. Then Elijah said to Ahab, okay, let's just quickly give you uh, Ahab and has become the king of all of Israel. He took over from his dad, Omri. Go back and rewind and read it for yourself. But basically what it says is that his dad had done the most evil in before any other kings that annoyed God, most of it. And then it says that Ahab did even worse. So we're in a place where it's not that good. God's not getting honored here. And so there's Ahab, there's Jezebel, and they've been manipulative. There's, in, in, what's it called? Intimidation. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. There's the prophets of Baal, and it says this. Then Eli- and, and Elijah had already said, you know, from this day forward, there's gonna be no rain. And so there was a drought. And so this is three and a half years later. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Sound like thunder. All right, let's go. Is that then? So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servants, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked up his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Okay, so there's this, some of you may have heard this a whole lot of times. And and, and it's a great story because there's, there's this person who's just praying. They've prayed that there'll be no rain. And three and a half years later, there's no rain. Everything has dried up. There's no water. And, and, then, and then Elijah says to his servants, go and look. And seven times, and then rain comes. I want to just share some thoughts of some characteristics of Elijah because I want to try and align my heart and my spirit with a man of God who saw miracles, a man of God who had had something in his spirit that could believe for this much uh, power of God moving. Who wants that in their life? Who wants to minister in the power of God? Who can believe that we, uh, you know, when the Bible says that we will raise the sick or heal, heal the sick and raise the dead, that the lame will walk, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. Come on, that, that's for us today. It's not just a a hope. It's not just a maybe. It's what the Bible says. And it's happening all over the world. So why can't we have it here? Amen. And so characteristics of of Elijah. Um, Because I just just know that he's going to minister to us this morning. The first thing that we've got to understand is if you look in 1 Kings, um, which is previously... In chapter 18, there's another story that happened, another account is that he was there with the prophets of Baal. There was a 450 prophets of Baal and, it's the, and Baal was who Ahab worshipped. And, and there's 450 of them. 
and, uh, and there was only one Elijah. Who likes standing up in the crowd? You know, yesterday I saw at the cricket, there was that one person who was wearing the tui thing and the lanyard and the competition was to catch the ball with one hand and he caught it and won $50,000. He wanted to be that one person. Who, wanted, who would like to be that one person? Of course you'd like to be that one person. Would you like to be that one person in this situation though? When you've got 450 people who worship another, another false god uh, and, and it's just you standing up there. See, one of the things that, one of the characteristics that I believe Elijah had is that he had a conviction. He had conviction in his spirit. This year, if you want to go from this place to that place, if you want to grow further in God, I want to tell you now, one of the greatest things that you're going to need is a conviction. Uh, we, uh, verse 22. This is a, and uh, so I know this is the previous story to Ahab, but we'll come back to it. Sorry, to the rain one. But in verse 22 of chapter 18, it says this, or verses 21 even through 22. It says, Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Completely silent. Well, why? Why were they silent? Because there's no conviction. I want to say, when, when we're silent on something, it's probably because we don't have a conviction. And I want to say, Elijah was a man of conviction. How, how, like, let's not waver. Let's not waver from stuff. If, if, I, love, I, love the, I love the illustration of the headache. Who likes having headaches? But who's told a whole lot of friends that they've had a headache? And they're like this, oh, you need to drink more water. You need to drink more water. You need to drink more water. Well, who, who said, I'm, I'm guilty of saying that. You need to drink more water. Now, if you've got a headache, let's pray. Because I'm not going to waver now, I, I, and I'm not dismissing medical, uh, you know, I'm not dis, dismissing any of that. I, I believe God's given it to us. But first, I'm going to pray. First, I'm going to bring it to God. I'm going to have a conviction. I, I think if you want to go anywhere uh, moving and you'll walk with God, you've got to have a conviction that Jesus is Jesus that the Bible is the Bible, that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, and that He's been given to us to release power in us and through us for the world that we now live in. Do we have a conviction in our spirit? Elijah was a man of conviction. I pray that you have a conviction. What about Daniel? Daniel had conviction. Daniel, there was, a, they, 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 there was some guys, long story short, I'll paraphrase it. There were some people that he hung out with. He, he, was, he was one of the top dogs and, and, and some people got jealous of him. And so they tricked the king into changing the law that they weren't allowed to then go and worship any, any, any other gods. And so, but Daniel in verses, uh, chapter 6, verse 10 says this. It's, hopefully it says this. It says this, 
Basically, it says that the normal time on the afternoon, he, would, he went to the place where he would open the windows and look out over the land, and he would pray to God three times a day that he would pray. He had conviction in his spirit. He wasn't going to let, oh, this little rule that you weren't allowed to pray. He had a conviction in his spirit, and that's why you see Daniel becoming the, being the man that God used to see a whole lot of stuff done. What about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? Again, conviction. I love what they say in their spirit. Again, King Nebuchadnezzar, they had a big statue built. And the, the decree was that they had everyone in the land had to bow down to the statue uh, when, when the horn was sounded. And they just said, no, we're not going to do it. As, uh, it says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us here until, and he can rescue us. Con, have you got conviction in your spirit of who Jesus Christ has anointed and called you to be? He's placed you in that circumstance. He's placed you in that workplace. He's placed you in your family to bring conviction and not, not, not have a conviction to bring love and blessing into those circumstances. But let's, ha let's be people of conviction. Revelations chapter 3. Verses 14 to 16, the, the, John's been uh, having all these visions, and, and I'll just turn to it. Oh, there's Peter. There we go. Gone. There we go. Revelations chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. There's, and there's, there's, there's these letters that have been written to the churches. And then in verse, uh, chapter 3, it says this, and just, just saying the things that, that God was... was uh, when these letters were written, he was, he was highlighting some of the, the stuff that they, the churches hadn't done. And so when it got to this church of Laodicea, it says this, um, I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Again, no conviction. No conviction in their spirit. They're like, oh, okay, wave. It's like what, the, what Elijah was saying to the prophets of Baal. When are you, you going to stop wavering? When are you hobbling between one opinion or another? This year, come on, I want to say let's be people of conviction. Let's be people that, you know, like Elijah, he had a conviction. He's like, nope, it's not going to rain. Okay, now it's time to rain. I mean, that's pretty cool conviction. So let's be people of conviction. Um, Elijah said seven times to his servant, go and look out, go and look out. Now we love people, right? Who's got friends? We love friends. Maybe you lead a team. Now in leadership and that, uh, if you say to someone, hey, can you go and just, just see if that's, happening right now and tell me come back do you think you would keep asking after the second time oh no nothing's happening no nothing's happening oh could you go again oh look you're really wasting my time and 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 then because we want to love people we want to but no there was something in Elijah where he just says no no keep going just keep going he's like just keep going 
And, and so seven times. I don't know about you, but I would have been annoyed after at least the fourth time. But the servant just kept going. Why? Because Elijah had a conviction. He's like, no, we prayed that it wouldn't pray, but no, we are going to pray that it does rain. We prayed that it wouldn't rain. Now we're praying that it does rain. Come on. And he led with a conviction in his spirit, a conviction in the spirit to be able to encourage other people to, to experience the miracles that, are, that you're part of. Because that servant was part of an amazing miracle. The next characteristic I, I, I felt when I was just reading through these script, scriptures is that Elijah was a man of sacrifice. I think when we're going into this year, if we can be people with conviction, God's going to do amazing things in your life and in and through you. But also, I believe going into this year, we're going to also need to be people of sacrifice. Sacrifice has got to be something that is usual. Usual. It's not something that is like, oh, this again. No, this is this again. No, it's got to be something usual. If we go to First Kings, First Kings, excuse me, chapter eighteen again. We're just going to be in eighteen. Let's just use that. Verses thirty-six to thirty-seven. This is again with the prophets of Baal when. I'll fill you in a little bit quickly. Elijah has said, let's get two bulls and and you sacrifice one and I'll sacrifice another and we'll call on the name of our God and whatever God comes down and consumes the sacrifice with fire, will that will be the true God. And they had this deal and it was was all good. And so when we came to verses 36 and 37, it says this, at the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice. Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me, answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself at the usual, the usual, the usual time of sacrifice. Amen. Being a Christian, it's usual to sacrifice. You know, I was thinking about, I was going to write tithing down, but, uh, but that's not a sacrifice, it's obedience. And obedience, the, word, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice. But when it comes to sacrifice, here's, here's, here's something, and this is not to manipulate or anything, but what, what about sacrificing a couple of days annual leave and coming to T2 and being together together as a church and sitting at the feet of Jesus together and praying for one another and worshiping God together and getting on the same page to just say, we're going to hit the year running. Oh, but I've got work. Well, you... I'm not trying to hurt or manipulate, but I, I, if you want to move forward, you've got to learn how to sacrifice. What? Well, his, his, you know what I mean? I, I, why? Because the church is what Jesus is coming back for. The church is who he's chosen to reach the world, not your job. That's a part of it. And he's blessed you with your job and he's blessed you with your talents and we should honor God with them, but... What about sacrifice when it comes to the usual 
time of sacrifice. What about your time for an e-group? What about Sundays? Just I know you're all here, so well done. Tick that box. But is it usual? Is Sunday usual? Why? Because I miss you. I miss you when you're not here on a Sunday. Why? Because I want to worship God together with you. I want to wait on God. And if you've got a prophetic word for someone, or if you've got a word of encouragement, or someone might have a word for you or something, what's that doing? It's edifying the church. But it's the usual sacrifices. If you want to move forward this year, you've got to be a person of conviction. And I believe a person of sacrifice. You know, one of the things that you're going to have to sacrifice is sometimes attitude, (laughs) sometimes opinion. Why? Because we're never all going to get along. Why? Because God's given us everyone different personalities and we don't have to be best friends with everyone, but we've got to believe for one another. We've got to love one another. We've got to believe that your gifts are going to serve the community. You're, You're going to be blessed to do this. The usual time of sacrifice. I pray this year that there's going to be a usual sacrifice in your life. Um, Elijah knew what it was to put God first. And and first in, and Elijah knew what it was to put God first in his life. One prophet of God standing with 450 prophets above. He's, not, he's a man of conviction. He, was, he knew what it was to give his life. He honored God with his life. Let's be people of sacrifice. You know, Elijah put God first. Let's go into 1 Kings chapter 18. Sorry, I'll just read it out every time. Verses 30 to 33. And we're still in the, in the account of the offering to Baal, but let's read this because I think this is amazing. Verses, oops, 30 to 33. Who's there? All right. It says this. Then Elijah, I'm gonna read from 30 to give you a little bit more context because I haven't fully filled you right in. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded because this is after the prophets of Baal had had their turn, had their opportunity to prove that their God was real. They all crowded around him and repaired the altar of God that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar and cut the bull into pieces and laid the pieces of the, uh, on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they had finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. This is amazing to me because what was the highest commodity at that time? There was a drought. There was no water. But Elijah chose to show not just to sacrifice what was the, 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 the bull offering, but he chose to sacrifice 12 jugs of water. 12, 12 jugs of the, the, the commodity that was most precious at that time. 
Uh, I have tank water at where we live. And when it doesn't rain, there's no water. And we got really low and I was like, man, we need to get some more water. I know what it is that when water runs up, uh, all, all, the, all those who pay rates uh, a whole lot more than us just turn on the tap and water comes out. Praise the Lord. Who's, who's happy that that happens? Praise the Lord. Water fills up the toilet system and push that button. Whew, there it goes. Water. But at that time, water was the highest commodity. But Elijah just said, pour it out. Pour it out. He was a man that knew what to sacrifice. He knew how to sacrifice. This year, if we're going to go further, if we're going to go further in what God has for us, let's be people of conviction. Let's be people that know what it is to sacrifice. Usual sacrifice. And if the music team can jump back up, that'd be awesome. Um, the last, uh, sort of the last, another characteristic of Elijah was he, he had faith. He had faith. He trusted God. He believed in God. I hear a mighty rainstorm. He couldn't see it because the, the, the cloud hadn't been formed yet or the cloud hadn't been seen by the servant yet. It had been formed. I believe. But Elijah said, he prophesied, he declared with his words, I hear a mighty rainstorm. He's a man of faith. What are you declaring? What are you speaking out? I know a lot of our messages talk about this, but if you've got a conviction, your language is going to change. If, if you know what it is to sacrifice, your language is going to change. Elijah was a man, he's a prophet, who had faith to speak out and declare, I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Come on, this year, I hear finances coming into your world. I hear healing coming into your world. I hear family salvations coming into your world. I hear breakthrough coming into your world. I hear you going getting promoted coming into your world. You're like, oh, they're all nice things. Yeah, because Jesus came to give us life and life in the fullness, not life in the average. I don't want to live average. One day, if Jesus wants to give me a Mustang, I'll happily have it. So would you, maybe. He wants to have the best life. The best life. Oh, well, I'm happy. Oh, well, just be happy then. But don't you want to do more for the kingdom? Pastor Jake posted something of Pastor Jake Langridge from Napier. Posted something on his Instagram about Hezekiah. Basically, it led to as long, oh, it's going to be all right in my day. Hezekiah said, How selfish is that? Oh, it's going to be all right for my time. But what about the next generations? Oh, well, I'm happy. Actually, the Bible says a good man leaves inheritance for his children's children. I want to earn and I want to gather as much money as I can as the Lord will give me in this world. Why? Because I want to leave an inheritance. I want to, I want to be able to give beyond that I could ever believe. I want to see the kingdom of God built. You know, we've got plans for this place as a church. It's just a building. But probably six to seven million dollars worth of renovation 
It's not really a renovation when you tear it down. It's just a dream. Why? Because we want to leave an inheritance to the next generations of this church. We're, we're currently, oh, can't really, I'll, I'll share it at Vision Night. So come to Vision Night. But we're, man, there's some exciting stuff going on in the leadership and the trustees and the talk. Why? Because we want to leave an inheritance. We want to do something that's going to impact this city. But he was a man of faith. I hear a mighty rainstorm. Go and look out towards the sea. You know, one of the, I've always, I've, I've got a, na- uh, a national, no, I've got a New Living Translation Bible. And I've, I've, I mainly read that. And, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, read it in the New King James. I'm like, okay. So I read the scripture in the New King James and it says, that he said he told the servant to go out and look for rain. So it says this, and the servant went up. I was like, I've never seen that before because they were on the top of Mount Carmel. But the servant went up. He went up. He went up even higher. He went up to look out. He got higher to see further. God wants you to go up the mountain. God wants you to go up. If you go up, if you have faith, if you believe in Him, you'll see so much further. You'll see so much further. Seven times the servant went. Why? Because he was serving a man of faith. I wonder if he was with with Elijah, with the, the, the woman at... Zarephath with the oil and the flour. I wonder if he saw that miracle. I wonder if he was just part of his world and he got to see the things that God used him to do, but the servant just continued going. Our, our choice is to just continue going, is to, to continue going up. And then it says this, he saw a cloud the size of a hand. He saw a cloud the size of a hand. You're like, Pastor, why are you getting excited and a little bit emotional about it? I saw a cloud the size of a hand. It says in Psalm 63, verse 4, it says, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. saw a cloud as the size of a hand. How did he know the cloud was the size of a hand? Because his hands were already up. He's like, there's a cloud it's the same size as my hand. Why? Because he was a man, the servant was a man that went up and prayed with hands lifted up. He went up and prayed with his hands lifted high to the Lord saying, where is this cloud? Where is this cloud? He saw a cloud the size of his hand. I, I was always wondering, why did he measure it with his hand? Does he measure it with his hands? I'm assuming. This is I'm assuming. Because he had hands lifted up high. Let's be people of faith this year. 
that will lift our hands to pray to the Lord. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You know, Psalm 42 verse 1, beautiful song has been written from these scriptures. It says this, As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. Come on, this year there's conviction forming in your spirit. This year there's sacrifice forming in your spirit. This year there's faith forming in your spirit. Why don't we stand to our feet? Because I've asked the team to lead us in a song. You'll know the song. And it's called There is a Cloud Beginning to Fall. And I want to leave you with this, in this moment with God, in this moment with the Holy Spirit to go. Maybe you want to lift your hands like it says in Psalm 63. Maybe you want to close your eyes and be that servant that sees the cloud on the horizon and see it beginning to form. Maybe you want to let a conviction grow deep into your spirit. Maybe you want to release and, and serve God through sacrifice. Maybe you just want to believe and trust God even more. But whatever it is, I believe the Holy Spirit will lead you. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.